The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. Well, hello there, Power Partners, and welcome to our playground on Radio's finest hour of power. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are your personal growth success coaches. We know you have a plan for your life. You've set your goals. You know where you want to go, but there's also going to be detours, and that's where we come in. So we hope to help you live your dreams and fix what's broken and heal what's hurt and help you become the person you are meant to be. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you once again by our teen radio program, Express Yourself, on the Voice America Kids Network, airing Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. For more information, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Who is more foolish, the child afraid of the dark, or the man of the afraid of the light. That is by J. Maurice Freehall. Isn't that a good one, Heather? So true. Yeah, so very true. So you know, we we have to go towards the light, and you know, if you stay away, uh, if you stay away from the dark, you don't have so many shadows. Well, we have another YA New York Times bestselling author on our show today, who is debuting her first adult-only novel, and I got to tell you, it's a doozy. Uh, Ellen Hopkins will join us in segment three with triangles. And then I'm going to take you into the July Garden for tips and answers that are really pressing listeners and readers in our second segment. And Ellen's also a mega gardener, so this will be kind of a good intro into her interview. But right now in Health Matters, Heather is going to bring us the latest news about stay-at-home dads and how they are caring for her children. Now, you're calling this daddy daycare. I love that, Heather. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, which looked at families with children under uh, age 15, among fathers with a wife in the workforce, 32% were taking care of their kids at least once a day. I mean, um, at least, yeah, once a week, one day a week, um, and that was in 2010. So, 
Heather, I really love it that today's males are more involved with the raising of their children. You know, I was raised by a dad who was always around him, and of course he was a farmer and a rancher, and I think it made a huge difference in my life, and I felt like I had the greatest childhood ever. But what has changed in the minds of men or in the marketplace that make dads more available and more involved with their kids and with their families? Exactly. Well, you know, just as you said, um, that 32% are taking care, and that's that's up an additional 26% from just about eight years prior, and it's always on the move. And with that, wow, same, that's huge. 26%. With, that's huge. Yeah, and with that same Census Bureau, that um, they estimate that right now in the United States, there's 66.3 million fathers in the USA. And there's an additional um, estimated a little bit more than 5 million uh, parents who claim to be the stay-at-home parent. Um, and that, you know, and, and not every family has that at all, but, but in all of that, that 5.5, and as you said, about, um, you know, 25 to 30% of that are now fathers. And so it definitely still in the thing is that it's in the millions with the mothers, but it's on the, uh, such the grow of um, fathers being the stay-at-home and I, I think the big thing with that is, um, you know, so much what's changing in our society that there used to be just this so role that, you know, women's place was in the home, being a homemaker, caring for the kids, and men were supposed to be the breadwinners. And in this last, um, you know, just about those last 10 years going into the new millennium, uh, we experienced so much change um, economically. A lot of these uh, high-paying jobs are no longer existent anymore. And, and something that's always, you know, a, an issue is that wages tend to be on the standstill and childcare um, tends to be skyrocketing. I just recently watched, there's this new show. I mean, of course, you know, it, it's featuring Los Angeles, but it's called Beverly Hill Nannies. And it's a reality show and it's, and it's, it's called Manny's Beverly Hills Manny's, like M A N N I. No, no, no. Be- Beverly Hills Nannies. Oh, right Nannies. But, but, but you know, would that be a good there name? Are, Manny's. There are, there are Manny's on the show. There are men. But something an interesting thing is these these people who, you know, they claim they're not celebrities. They're not that, but um, they are the caretakers for celebrity. You know, these kids. And they make between 35 and 40 an hour, and they're saying, you know, their overnight rate is 220, and they get full benefit. And so that right there, you know, when I babysit when I was a kid, you made Wow, that's a little crazy. I guess we all need to work for celebrities. (laughs) But but the big thing is, in this society... you know, coming, having a women's studies background is, is, you know, we're always picking women to be in the workforce, women, women to be out there. And, and uh, you know, gender roles have definitely changed. And, and in many relationships and many uh, households, um, the dynamic is different. And a lot of times women have, um, which is, fan, you know, as, as long as uh, sometimes are being more of the breadwinner or bringing in a better income. So after this big economic, you know, downfall, a lot of couples have kind of, you know, reevaluated their situation and thinking, you know, do we, you know, is it profitable more? Do you want, you know, to have that hands-on relationship with your child? And in a lot of situations, you know, the the wife, the, the mother, the woman in that relationship was making a more sustainable income. So a lot of people thinking, you know, when it goes back to it, that, you know, having one person at home, um, 
you know, kind of takes off that burn we've discussed on the other shows before, how women tend to do the second shift, that then when they leave the house, they go to work, they have this fantastic job, but when they come home, you know, they are the taxi driver, the cook, the nurse, the house cleaner, um, and, and that was such a, you know, a, a previous role, and now the, having a male in the house, um, I was reading articles where they were saying how, you know, many women, you know, they love it that now their husbands have taken on this role that not only they're having such a hands-on relationship with their children, um, that they're doing all these things that prior before was affecting their relationship because they would come home and they would have this second shift going on. Um, you know what I also think is happening too, because I, I seem like to be working with a lot of, of younger, you know, younger men that are really involved in their kids, but many of them are now working from the home. So with technology the way it is, there's there's the opportunity that they don't always have to go, you know, have to travel somewhere. And as you said, sometimes the wife is making more money, so they are staying home. But I just coached a um, a girl this week who was writing an essay for college, and I found it really interesting how she was raised. Both her parents worked, and her uncle lived with them, and her uncle was a dentist. And he ended up taking her to the dental office with him from the time she was three years old throughout her childhood. So he was the caregiver, but he went to work and took her with him. No, you know, and the other thing is, is there still, you know, there still is that wage gap between men and women. And statistically, you know, men are still earning, women women are still earning about 76 on the dollar of what men do. But in particular cases, that is different. And I think really when looking at this, I mean, that was fascinating is a lot of men, uh, it definitely takes, um, I think, a strong man, someone who's very proud and comfortable in their own skin and their manhood, because there still is those statistical roles, especially in families. When you, when someone at first hears that uh, the man stays home and that the woman is right, um, a lot of people, in a lot of cultures, that's not accepted. That's almost could be seen as as a shameful thing because you know the men's supposed to be in the, the breadwinner, and I think um, so much in our society, thankfully, is advancing. You think that this could be a great positive, and I think a lot of um, you know, a lot, unfortunately, a lot of negatives that have happened in this world are because of that lack of um, you know father presence. I know many people who are either single mothers or you know their husband works all the time. And they make jokes about, you know, oh, we need some testosterone in this house. Or we need, and, and a lot of women, you know, or, or just children in general, um, you know, whether how amazing their mother is needs that father figure. And I think this is great that's kind of, you know, evolving now that they're having a more hands-on and, and doing things. And at the same time, I, I think... For women, you know, you read so many articles about, like, what's the sexiest thing to a woman? It's like um, when, you know, her partner does housework, you know, so being a, a team, a partnership with that. And I think taking on this extra um, responsibility, fiscally, it's fantastic. But also, I think it, it really helps um, a home to be better. I think, you know, it, it helps avoid these things that uh, people feeling, you know, women, of course, feeling exhausted, feeling that, you know, they they almost resentful that we see these things that, you know, their partners aren't participating in. Well, I think in addition to the the real beneficiary are the children. 
because the kids really get a real relationship with both the mom and the dad as opposed to in you know previous times very often the dad would come home and he would be one of two things he'd either be the disciplinarian you know the scenario was just wait till your dad comes home he's going to take care of this so he would walk in not know what was going on and he would have to be the one that have to you know met, met out the punishment or Dad was always the uh, fun, happy, let's go party guy because he never had to do the discipline and mom was always the bad guy. So I think this is great. You know, it's really wonderful where both parents are participating and the kids really get to experience what a relationship is like and what really, you know, what good parents are. What are you finding? Um, how are the, How's the satisfaction level of the men? Yeah, and you know, and that was something a lot of um, the articles I read in the research for this is that it was definitely a partnership in the decision. It wasn't that, you know, the wife saying, you're going to stay home, and that the men were saying, you know, the satisfactory they were feeling in that, that they were having, you know, a, a really big participation in their child's life, as well as by the time, you know, their their significant other gets home, they're not having, you know, they're they're not putting an extra job onto them. That they actually get time to enjoy each other, and it puts a good um, role model for their children as well. That they're seeing different dynamics. That it isn't that. I, I mean, so many times I've heard um, friends of mine say when people ask, "Oh, what you know, what does your mother do?" When people say, "Oh, she's just a housewife," and I've come to realize, I think being just quote unquote just a mother or just a are some of the most important job ever so it would to amount with it many people you know wear many different hats um so people think you know it's one it's helping them financially it's helping them emotionally and i think it puts really good role models for their kids and having i agree because first of all in this day and age you know it's really very very difficult unless you have family money uh for just one person to make the bacon you know almost in every household now both parents need to work even if one is working part-time so you know i do think that the role modeling is great that there's that there's sharing going on with both the parents yeah and you know and and something too with it is you know talking with men is that there's actually um a lot of it's i hate saying like a support group but things because this is a different a new minority kind of coming up of these stay-at-home dads um people you know you feel a connection when there's others like you and reading it, that without um, throughout many different cities throughout America, there's these groups of men. Yeah, I know movies kind of sensationalize, but they have you know these dads that sort of like how nannies get together or moms, you know, get together. How these dads who are the stay-at-home dad who are doing the stroller walk get together, and it's you know that they're it's able to still have that you know testosterone men you know talks uh, and so we carry for their kids that you know they're doing those stroller walks around the park well and there there actually are clubs because we had at be the star you are at the charity we had a whole group of dads contact us and they wanted to do an event that they could do with their children. <laughs> and these were all dads that had, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. And there were like 30 of them. And they were in a group. And they really did enjoy each other. So I think it is, it's a, you know, it, men usually bond over golf or, you know, some kind of sport or beer or watching a game. And how nice it is that they're bonding over their kids. 
Yeah, I think this is definitely, um, you know, a society with a huge uh, positive turn when it comes to it, just because, you know, the, again, it's really take, changing the prior roles that, that people had within and without the household. And again, what it really comes down to so many things that affect our lives, negative and positive, are the roles that our parents play in their lives. And, and the, you know, the things, all the guidance, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Um, but I think to have such, you know, a positive male role, um, and many, I think, definitely, you know, for few or many children of this, that a man can stay at home and, and, you know, be Mr. Mom kind of thing, um, as well as have that masculine side. I think that it's so fantastic that their children are getting to experience both of well, that. Well, I really like this whole idea of daddy daycare. I like this idea of manis. <laughs> and I really, what I really think is important is that that men are getting that opportunity to see those first steps of their child and to witness these things that you can never, ever happen, you know, that never happen again. Things happen one time, especially when they're babies. And there's just, when your children grow up so quickly, and it's just so amazing that both parents can participate. So another great segment, Daddy Daycare. Heather, I like this. This definitely is a health matters because I feel that uh, when you have positive role models, you have parents that love each other, parents that care about the kids, then your health as a child in both, or I shouldn't, not just both, what, what mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, so in all ways, is just enhanced. So what a great thing. So give out the website. Yeah, we most definitely want to go to BeTheStarYouAre.org as well as BeTheStarYouAre.com. Okay, well, when we come back from break, we're going to romp through the roses. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you've been listening to Heather's Health Matters. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We will be back in a bit. Don't you dare go away. The star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. What people say about you is important. I know I used to think that getting a positive response from satisfied customers or clients was just a nicety until I recognized the value of testimonials and increasing confidence in my own personal business skills. Testimonials from happy clients are among the most powerful of all selling tools because it shows future prospects that you have done your job proficiently. But how do you get positive, credible testimonials? Easy. Ask for them. Once you've completed a job, ask your client if they'd be willing to write a few words of endorsement of your services. Make sure you ask for permission to use these testimonials in your promotional endeavors. Most clients like to see their names in brochures and websites and will readily accept your offer. The key to having your testimony uh, benefits you and you want to make sure that the full name and title of the client is attached if appropriate and if you have permission. Don't use things like anonymous as testimonials. Those don't count. These hold no value. They hold no credence. And don't worry if some of your clients refuse or don't have the time to write your endorsement. 
It only takes a couple of complimentary words to highlight your accomplishments and secure new business. Also, if you are asked to write a testimonial, make sure that you write something that's truthful. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information on coaching, consultations, or interviews, visit StarStyleProductions.com or call 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are the Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. You'll find all you need. Oh, thank you for staying with me here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Cynthia Bryan. And my nickname is The Goddess Gardener. I co-wrote the New York Times bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul. And I write garden blogs and articles, and I write for the newspaper, a column called Digging Deep. And in addition, I'm also a garden guide and consultant. So if you ever need a consultation about what to grow, how to grow it, or you have a problem in your garden or with the plant, you can book a session with me by phone or Skype. And if you live within 20 miles of my offices, I also do in-person garden visits. You can call me at 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827. Or email Cynthia at GardenGoddess.com. And I hope you'll check out the blog that uh, that I write, my Digging Deep blog. Well, July is really a glorious time in the garden. No matter what part of the U.S. you reside in, it seems that everything is blooming and beautiful. I mean, summer, hello, it is the most wonderful season of all. 
Uh, July is so wonderful because it's a warm month and it's filled with barbecues and marshmallow roasts and running through sprinklers, swim meets and the first, the first fruits of our labors. I hope some of you were able to get apricots or uh, maybe the peaches are coming in and cherries. Most of the birds ate my cherries, but is there anything better than fresh Meyer lemonade or ripe juicy peaches? I don't think so. So you really want to go into the garden and eat fresh. So raise the stars and stripes this month and watch fireworks, but but really enjoy your garden. To paraphrase Henry James, summer afternoon, summer afternoon to me, those have always been the two most beautiful words in the English language. And I must agree with him because if I, you know, sitting on my hammock, watching the sunset, listening to the birds and watching those Hummingbirds, you know, dart back and forth. It is just really, really fabulous. Andrew G has a great quote. He said, I should like to enjoy this summer flower by flower as if it were to be the last one for me. And I, I, I guess winter is sort of the only time of the year that I am not really excited about. My garden is ugly. I know it's dormant. It's sleeping. But bottom line, it's just dreary outside. But spring, summer, and fall, they they just invigorate me. And for all my gardening cohorts, I know it does you as well. So I want to give you a few tips of what to do in your garden this time of year. You can give a room of the bloom by bringing bouquets of roses into your living spaces. And if you grow roses, hopefully you have both heirlooms and old roses, as well as some of the, the new roses that are just, you know, proficient uh, bloomers. But the old roses have the most gorgeous fragrance. And a couple of stems in any room just adds this glorious aroma. So make sure to bring bouquets of roses in. And when you cut your roses, the good news is, is that you're actually having new shoots and new buds are going to be coming up. So you want to make sure to always cut as many roses as you can, deadhead the dead blooms off, and never let the, um, the, um, the what are they called? I'm blanking on that. Oh, the, you, you always want to cut, the, you know, cut them back for the continuous blooming, but otherwise you're going to get rose hips. And the rose hips are great for tea, but rose hips will have your flowers stop, have your bushes stop. You want to spend a morning at your local farmer's market. Load up on veggies and fruits that you don't grow in your own garden. Sometimes, you know, the farmer's market can be a little bit more expensive, but usually what you're going to find there is, as far as the produce, it's going to be the freshest around and hopefully organic. And this time of year, farmer's markets are in almost every little town. Organize a flower power photo scavenger hunt. Now, this is really fun. If you're having a party or a barbecue, you can give a list of 10 blooms that are in your garden to guests and have them find them and photograph them for a prize. And, you know, you photograph with your cell phones these days, so it's not like you have to give out a camera. But that's a very, very fun uh, game to kind of play. Save water by installing landscape timers that automatically adjust irrigation according to weather conditions. You want to make sure to have a mulch in your garden to maintain moisture and keep the weeds at bay. Wood chips are great. Shredded bark is great. So uh, make sure to keep your mulch, though, about 
at least two feet away from the bases of the tree trunks and at least 12 inches away from the base of any large bushes. If you have aphids in your garden, blast the aphids with a strong spray from your hose. And you can also, um, you can also use a little bit of soapy suds if they, they're just sticking to it. That usually kills the aphids. Now, if you see ants on your plants, they are protecting the aphids. So you've got to get rid of the ants first before you'll be able to get rid of the aphids. I know that in my vegetable garden, I grow really fantastic artichokes. Now, the artichokes are finished by, by this time. But at, towards the end of the season, I start noticing ants going up the artichoke plants. And that's because the ants are going up to protect the aphids so that they can eat it. So you've got to get rid of the ants first. Go out and fly a kite with friends and family. Sometimes summer winds just come up, and it's the perfect time for flying a kite. And you could go to the park or to the beach or a hillside, but have fun with that. Those are things that we did when we were kids, and kite flying is uh, enjoying a resurrection, so enjoy it. Make your household and your perimeter of your house and garden fire safe by clearing any brush, debris, and wood or junk from around your house. You really want to actually have like a 100-foot break. Now, of course, many houses, you're very close together, and you're not going to be able to do that. But uh, where if you are in a more rural area and you're up against woodlands or hills or grassy knolls, make sure to clear as much space as you possibly can. Take the guesswork out of when to plant. There's a new app from Mother Earth News that's called When to Plant. How easy is that? And it's compatible with the Apple iPhone, with the iPod Touch, and with the iPad. And it is a, it, it, there is a small charge for it, but it's only $1.99. And there are more garden apps, and some of them are free, from MotherEarthNews.com forward slash apps. So you want to make sure to check that out. Fill in empty spaces with containers uh, planted in carefully chosen specimens to complement your color scheme in your garden. Annuals from the nursery in cell packs can be planted all summer long. I'm always asked, well, gee, isn't it too late to plant? It's warm out. You know, that's what annuals are. Annuals only last for the season. So you can plant them at any time. So basically, whatever you're going to find at your garden center is fine to plant. In the summer, of course, you have to keep them watered. You can't just plant them and let them go. And if you're in deer country or country that has a lot of other critters, rabbits or squirrels that are eating plants, you have to be sure that you're uh, buying deterrent plants. But even so, with that said, I just recently planted snapdragons in my front yard. And snapdragons, normally, the deer never touch them. They usually don't like them. The minute I planted them, they were just eaten down completely. So I think it depends where you are right now. In my area, the deer are hungry. I actually have uh, three bucks that are living in my front yard. One is an eight-pointer, and my friends who are hunters are like, let me come over. Um, That's a big no. And I have a doe with her two baby fawns. And as much as I hate it that they're eating my plants, I love looking at them. And they're just so beautiful and graceful and and very sweet. And, of course, I've got a lot of turkeys, too. So you just have to be, you know, you have to decide whether you want the wildlife or you want your plants. 
Cut the stamens from any Asiatic lilies before you bring them indoors for arrangements. Asiatic uh, lilies are blooming right now. They're beautiful. But what happens with the stamen, that dust stains. It's a very orange, yellow, yellow kind of powdery stamen. And when it falls out on your carpet or your clothes, it's almost impossible to get out. So you just want to cut out that little bit before you put it in an arrangement. I was at a, a magnificent wedding with all these gorgeous um, lilies, and they were the, the stargazer lilies. And um, a man in a white coat brushed up against it, and the florist had not cut out the stamens. And they were really quite angry that they, you know, that their coat was, uh, had this stain on it now. So just make sure to do that. When it comes to irrigation, you want to irrigate early in the morning because that's when you're going to get the best root absorbs the, or absorption and it quenches the thirst of the plants. Many people think that it's best to, um, to water at night. Well, for Flower beds and gardens, it's fine. But for your lawns, you don't want to do that because it actually brings in the insects. So you want your lawns to be able to dry out completely before um, before it's uh, uh, nighttime. Because even the dew, you're going to start getting lawn moths if you have too much water. And this is a great time to start perusing bulb catalogs for the varieties of tulips, daffodils, and other other bulbs that you're going to want to plant this fall, you may, like here in California, you can plant November through January, but in many parts of the country, as soon as the soil starts getting cool, then you're going to want to plant. And there are so many new varieties out of wood hyacinths and all kinds of you know great things. So start looking through catalogs. One thing when you're out in nature, out on walks, or even anywhere in the outdoors, including your garden, when you come in, make sure to inspect your body for ticks. If you've been bitten, you want to see a physician immediately as deer ticks and Lyme disease have been reported in all 48 continental states. So don't assume that they're not in your area. And, um, you know, also if you're not wearing a hat with all your hair tucked in, you probably should wash your hair. The, the ticks can jump into your hair and then not be on your body, and then they fall into your body while you're sleeping, not a good sign. You want to wait to bait any yellow jacket traps until the day that you're having your barbecue or picnic. Contrary to what most people think, by keeping your traps filled, you are actually inviting yellow jackets to your table. So only bait them um, at the time, the day that you're going to do that. Also, empty containers with any still water to avoid any mosquito infestation. You can put uh, mosquito fish or dunks into your ponds. Wear light-colored clothing outdoors. Spray on a repellent containing DEET. And if mosquitoes are a bigger problem, contact Vector Control because they will, in most counties, they will provide a free inspection. They'll add mosquito fish to your, to your ponds if you need them. And remember that any anthropod that transmits diseases via bites falls under vector control. And finally, just celebrate all month long with your colorful gardens. It's summer in our cities and it's time to play outside, have a firecracking, great time of being in your garden. Happy gardening to you and just go out in nature and make sure to be eating fresh. 
When we come back from break, we are going to be talking to best-selling author Ellen Hopkins, and she's going to bring us her brand-new adult novel, Triangles. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. I'll be right back in a bit with more and Ellen. Stay with me. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Be the star you are. You are the up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, I'm glad you have joined our party. Thanks for keeping linked to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with me, Cynthia Bryan, your host and personal growth coach, right here on World Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune into our teen program That I produce on our sister network, Voice America Kids. The show is Express Yourself, airing every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, where teens talk and the world listens. Well, talking about teens, Ellen Hopkins is best known for her multiple New York Times bestselling novels for the young adult market, including Crank, Glass, Burn, Fallout, Perfect, and others. But today, we're going to discuss her foray into the adult world as she explores definitely more mature topics with her signature verse format. Her first adult novel is Triangles. Welcome, Ellen, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Uh, Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you are here. What many people don't know about you is that 
you actually began by writing, what, over 20 children's books before you even launched into your YA fiction. What was the first book that you sold? Um, The first one was, and actually that all evolved out of, I was a freelance journalist for a number of years. And so um, I I had gone and done some swimming with the orcas off the Puget Sound with a scientist, and I thought that might make great kids' books. So it was Orcas, High Seas, Superman. And that was your very first one. How fun, because I know that you um, were up in Washington, and now, you know, you're in beautiful Nevada, close to Tahoe and Carson City and... Reno and all of that. How much of what you write is influenced by where you are? We, I know that you know here. Triangles takes place in this this whole area. Do you use it as a backdrop? Um, you know, what, for what's happening in your life, you use your area where you where you like to live. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's 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 pretty inspiring to like look out my windows and have a view of the Sierra, and and so I it, it's a you know the setting is kind of a character in a lot of my books, really. Um, you know, I have a couple set in California and some that kind of go around the country, but the majority of them are set here. And triangles, right. triangles. There's kind of a one of the characters in there is a. I shouldn't. She's inspired by a friend of mine um, who lives in a, um, a valley just to the south. So I actually set the book in this valley so it wouldn't look too close to her valley. Oh, I was wondering. Okay, <laughs> let's. We're going to jump right in there, and then we can talk about your background a little bit more too, because. In this one, I mean, this is a very sexy, racy, um, you deal with, well, of course, this is your signature, the way you write. You deal with real issues that are happening in people's life. So we have the infidelity, you know, we have the midlife crisis, we have the friends that are betraying one another, and we have Holly, Marissa, and Andrea in here. So, Holly... um, one of the things, I mean, she is a writer, or actually she's a mother of uh, great kids, has a great husband, and she wants to write erotica and uses this as an excuse to go out and have affairs. Is Holly based, I mean, you, you base a lot of things on either your own life or friend's life or people you know. So is Holly based on someone? Yeah, she's the friend. I was she's the one that you're talking about. So this really happened. I mean, I was like, oh my god, where these these things really do these really do happen. These menage are menage are many. I I call it. Yeah, she she is, and actually, I mean, she's she's a fabulous person in real life and in the book. You know, I think a lot of people kind of, if, especially if she because she married very young and she had kids very young, and she just never really had that that idea of going out and dating or having boyfriends or any of that, and so. She just hit the spot where she she's like, well, what have I missed out on, and you know, what could I go out and look for now? And I don't I don't see her really as a bad person. I think she's just really, you know, reassessing her life at hitting age forty. And I and I think a lot of people maybe do don't go quite that far, but you know, they they definitely reassess. I think what's interesting in triangles, though, with Holly, we'll go we'll talk about each of your um, your lovely women characters because they're very, very full. They have very um, you really you really characterize them in such a real way that you feel like you know them. But with Holly, she had everything to lose. You know, she had a, a husband that adored her. She had this beautiful house, you know, this wonderful life. She never worked, which maybe that was part of it, is that she's feeling, you know, like she was left out. But it didn't seem like she cared about losing it all until maybe she almost did lose it all. Did your, Does your friend feel that way 
too? Or did she become a writer as well, or is that just something thrown in? <laughs> She's, all my friends are writers. So you All know, your I mean, friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a writer. I mean, there are things about Holly that are me. She's, she was adopted, and I was adopted, and I'm right. a writer. So there, and, in fact, my husband read the book, and he goes, tell me you're not Holly, please. Yeah, <laughs> like, so it's, you know, I wanted, I didn't, I didn't dare ask you that because you are adopted, and you did find your birth mother, and Holly is searching for, doesn't really want to search for her, but her daughter helps her search for the birth mother. So I was, you know, there's a part of me wondering, my gosh, Ellen, is, is this you? And especially, you know, there's that movie out called uh, Young Adult, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no. which I'm sure you saw. And after I saw it, I thought, huh, I wonder if Ellen is Holly. <laughs> so your no. husband was like, because your, your husband is the love of your life. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, we've been together almost 30 years, you know, and, and we're still best friends. And I I wouldn't. That wouldn't be me doing those things. So that wouldn't be you. Well, no. you, you, the both of you, you moved to Tahoe to have a different lifestyle. You just kind of wanted to be more in nature. And I know that you're. Uh, we just did a garden segment here. I know that you really love gardening as well, and you have, uh, you can grow your own vegetables and everything up there. So, um, yeah, it didn't seem that 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 might be you if this is all the things that you love. But uh, does your friend who? is based on Holly. Has she read the book, and what did she think? She has, actually. I mean, I, I had to let them. And, and I will also say that Marissa is kind of inspired by another friend. So these are two very good friends of mine, and I had to let them know. And, and it, was, it was that they both actually did hit midlife crises in the same year. And they oh, did have wow. A that yeah, does inspire so, a book. And the point, counterpoint was so the one that Marissa is kind of inspired by, and Marissa has slightly different circumstances, but she, she also, my friend, did find a, um, evidence of, a, of a, an affair her husband had carried on for a long time. And she found that out on her 45th birthday, actually. Oh, well, you know, she, I found that was so... I, Marissa is my, was my absolute favorite character in there because she just seemed... She seems like such a caring, wonderful person, but of course she was giving all to her child. And how how um, lonely it must have felt and how hurtful when she was going through so much with her her female child and her son to have her husband be cheating on her for five years. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, it was his way of escaping in a way, although he also, you know, the timing is a little suspect, but I think, you know, he needed... He needed some kind of comfort that she, you know, in, in focusing all of her attention, which she really had to on her on her little girl. She she kind of neglected him in some ways, and I'm not that, which is not forgiving. That you're not behavior. making a, you're not making excuses for her. I get that, but no, no. yeah, but um, but, you but know, I think it's kind of a natural reaction from some, of some people to go looking for caring elsewhere if they don't feel like they're getting it at home. It is it is natural, but on the flip side, when you have children and you have a child that is in you know is basically dying and in need, somebody has to be there, right, and right. take care and, of the child. And not only that, but you know she she needed his support, which she wasn't getting, so that just made everything it compounded everything in her life on the it, negative side. Yeah, it made it so hard. Now, what about Andrea? So Andrea and Marissa are sisters in Triangle. And um, Andrea actually runs into the arms of of uh, Jace when Jace needs comforting, and uh, you know it it does happen. I mean, you think you're best friends, but um, sometimes best friends do bad things, you know, to one another. Is Andrea based on anyone? 
Actually, she's not. I mean, her completely. So, yeah, all my friends can go, that one's not me. That one's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was really good because she seemed very, very real. And I actually, I mean, in my own personal life, I actually know Andrea's. Yeah. That have yeah who have have you know have done those kind of things and I thought to myself, you know, when you write this, is that do we ever really and truly know who is our really good friend? Now you write in a style that is very unique because it's poetry and basically you have very short chapters. You give each chapter a title. It's written. Uh, your poetry is prose, but it is uh, it's in it's verse you know non rhyming verse. I found it very interesting that you said you've been writing poetry since you were a child, and then when you met your real mom, she was also writing poetry. Yeah, that was that was pretty. It was kind of almost stunning, really, that you know that there's a. So the the other side of it is my adoptive mother loved books, and so you know she she got this whole she infected me with this love for literature and and poetry and and classic literature and you know, had me reading early and writing early. So I got that from her, and then to find there's sort of a genetic factor on the other end, too, was really it was sort of stunning, you know. <laughs> was that, like, wow. that was. That was stunning. Uh, you know, in writing so much from your life, I was wondering, because you haven't said much about it, will you be writing a book at all on uh, child abduction from a parent, since this is something that you actually experienced? It is, and, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's in the back of my mind. A lot of a lot of people are just finding it, it was something I didn't talk about for a number of years because it was such a it was it's such horrid. a horrible time. Yeah. But you know, at at some point, my entire life kind of opened up. You know, it's it's once people start once you get a gain of fair you know small amount of fame, your your life becomes kind of open and people look for facts and want to know more about you. So it just became silly to try to hide anything. You know, or not talk about it. So and it, and and it it did affect me kind of profoundly and so now that readers are finding out they're they're wanting this story so it will i'm sure end up in a book well because so many people are have actually gone through that and with so many divorces in our world today this tends to be you know not that it's acceptable in any way shape and form but it's happening more and more and so i think you know writing about it is probably a very positive thing you you um, writing your first adult book. You know you've written children's books. You've written YA books, and as you said, you have become you know a celebrity from writing the YA books. How has it changed your life? Because I liked it that you started off. You know you were managing or owned a video store. You owned the video store, right? In the days that right. we. Yep. Oh gosh, boy, do I remember those, Alan? You know, going down to the video store and they were a dollar to rent, <laughs> and you'd rent several of them. But um, how has it changed your life that going from a normal person, you know, just an everyday person, to being a celebrity and having your life such an open book now? It's, What's that like for you? Um, I mean, you know, of course, there's there's obvious, obviously great. Things about it, you know. I get to travel. Um, I, you know, after I pay my bills, I still have money left in the bank. You know, I get to, I get to, I don't know, meet a lot of interesting people, and and I love all that, you know. And then there's this other kind of very private side of me that that. So I have that side of me, you know, when I'm out, when I'm doing book promotion or whatever. I'm I'm 
very open and gregarious. And then when I come home, I kind of retreat back into my little cave and, you know, I don't go anywhere for days or whatever. So, you know, the the real hard part is the balance where, you know, making sure you have time, you find time for your family and friends and, you know, especially when you have a book deadline and you're going, you're going to go out and travel. And so there's a lot of, it's the balance thing that's difficult. Um, but I'm working on it and I, I think I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I hope. Well, don't you, I mean, I really feel balance is an issue for everyone. But I mean, it's interesting what you said about when you're out in public, you're really outgoing and gregarious, and people probably think, oh my gosh, you're really an introvert. But one of the things I've experienced for me, because people always, you know, say this about me is how that, you know, Miss Bubbly and personality and stuff. But when you're writing as a writer, you do have to go into your cave. It does have to be quiet. You do have to focus. And so it, it's like you become an introvert because you're, you're concentrating on what you're going to be creating. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, and you know, also when you're writing, I mean, you have you, you have characters that are talking to you, and you're channeling your characters, and you're trying to create plot lines through what they're telling you, and it's it's very it's a very focused place to be, you know. So it's like I outside even, and I social network a lot because you know that's something that you do. So I try to compartmentalize that as well and keep that away from the writing time otherwise I'd get very distracted especially like when a deadline's looming like soon <laughs> right right you're right well you're writing well you're writing a few more things right now I mean you're writing kind of the companion for the YA market to triangles right which right. is it's till. finished actually it'll be out September 11 oh my gosh so, so we have to get you on express yourself for teens right. now is t is tilt of is that the kids that yes. are the children of the three characters. Oh wow, I can't wait to read that. Yeah. That's going to be yeah. awesome. Those, you know, the the kids in here were amazing. They're really amazing and I really loved the character of the gay son who has the, you know, the boyfriend that has HIV because this is a reality today and it's very some parents have a difficulty time accepting their LGBT, you know, whether it's lesbian, gay or transgender child and it's important to bring this out. Again, was he based on anybody you know? He actually he's the he is. He was a bookseller um, in Chicago, and um, he came to me through, you know, just a reader email and, and expressed concern because he was Latino and gay, and he didn't think his family would accept it. And so through a series of exchanges, I convinced him to tell them. And then he came back and he said, okay, they said that's fine, but don't ever bring a disease home. And And actually, about 18 months ago, he told me he had contracted HIV. And so, um, wow. this, so the character, the two characters are inspired by him. Right, right. Well, this is this is going to be tilt. Will be a great book. We're speaking with Ellen Hopkins. Her new novel is an adult novel, Triangles. The first one that she's written for adults. She's coming out with the YA. I don't want to say the version, but the the I guess the companion. I guess it is a version, right? That's companion book. Yeah. For yeah, for the teens, called Tilt. And then you're also working on Collateral, right, Ellen? Right, and Collateral is finished as well. It'll be out on November 6th, and that is a book about deployment and kind of how a couple trying to build a relationship through four deployments. And um, I'm really, really proud of the book. Very heavily researched. It's a real look at at war and and how war. war affects people at home. 
and how it and how it affects families. What a great book that's going to be too. You know, with something you write, you're writing when you're writing. Are, are you writing a couple of different books at a time, or do you work? Do you compartmentalize? Do you do like your adult book, like you do work on collateral, and then you know you take a few days on that, and then you go to tilt, or do you finish one? And how do you how do you do that? Yeah, no, I have to, I have to write a book through and I write everything very chronologically and I, some people write scenes and then connect them. I, I have to go start to finish, mostly because of the way each page so specifically flows into the next. Yes, um, because it, you're writing the po- it's like poetry and it absolutely does flow to the next one. So I yeah. can't, couldn't see you writing it out of, out of order. Nope, can't do it. No, can't do no, it. No, <laughs> no. So are these books too will be in your same signature style of doing this free verse, right? That's right. And, uh, you know, I would li- actually like um, listeners to understand that it, even though it, it looks like poetry and, it, you know, it has all the poetic device and imagery and the things that poetry do, it reads very much just like regular prose novels. Oh, no, no, it's like prose. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's what makes it so interesting. I mean, it's not like you're getting into some, some poetry that you can't understand. It totally reads like regular prose. I, but I do really like the idea of every um, chapter or, you know, every page or two pages they have their own title. It just it just keeps me it keeps you engrossed. Well, let's give out your website, ellenhopkins.com. This new book is called Triangles. It is very sexy. It is there's part of erotica that is in there and the characters have so much depth. And it's what people do go through in midlife. And so I really think it's a it's a great read, Ellen. It's really a great read and I I love your description of the Tahoe Basin and the whole valleys and everything because it's such a beautiful area. So I'm glad it is a character. The the scene, the scenes, the scenery, they are characters in your book, for sure. Indeed. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And I, we will get you, I'll have to talk to your publicist and get you scheduled for Tilt for That'll the teens great. to interview. That'll be really fun. Yep, it will. Yeah. Because they, they'll, they will love that. So go to ellenhopkins.com. Do you want to just leave us with a final word about triangles or your writing or anything? Um, you know, I mean, I think triangles, okay, I think it's actually sexier than a certain big book that's out there now. It's much sexier than that yes. certain big book that's out there right now. So, okay. It is. It is. It'll have those, uh, you know, the, the zippers flying and the, the, the buttons flying too. Let's just leave it at that. EllenHopkins.com. Pick up a copy of Triangle. Thank you, Ellen, for being on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank all of you for listening to this show every single week. And we'll be back with you next week. For more information about Star Style, visit StarStyleProductions.com. Make a donation to the literacy charity Be The Star You Are, which brings you the program BeTheStarYouAre.org. And until next week, when we celebrate again, my name is Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany will be back with Health Matters. Thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. We'll play next week in this playground. Thanks, Ellen. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. 
You're invited to our power party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You.